Who is Yoshinobu Yamamoto and why should you care? We'll tell you next on today's Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Create an account on the GameTime app. Use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Stace. Happy Tuesday. A Locked On Everyday is out there. Appreciate you clicking on the show just like you do every day, five times a week here on Locked On Yankees. Coming up on today's show, of course, ALCS, NLCS, tons to talk about there. So we got to do that later on in the show. We also have a bunch of quick hits, some things that we've kind of not had an opportunity to talk about here in the offseason. Things concerning Aaron Judge, Oswaldo Cabrera, and some prospect stuff that we need to talk about coming up later on in the show. But first, Stacey, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, someone who we have actually talked about on this show before. I'm leaving a link in the episode description to an old video we did a little over a month ago about him. A full breakdown of who he is and all this stuff. We're going to talk about a little bit here today, but he is making news. So just as a blanket statement, Stace, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a right-handed pitcher in the Nippon Professional Baseball League who is like the top guy. Like he's the guy, right? He's, he's one of the bigger pitchers, and he's going to be posted to play Major League Baseball coming up next season. Comes at you with a four-pitch mix, a real uh, real nice fastball that comes at you, a four-seamer in the mid-90s, upper 90s uh, at times. Comes at you with a splitter, a cutter, and a big looping rainbow-style curveball. And uh, he's, again, one of the top pitchers, if not the top pitcher uh, in the Nippon League. Lots of teams clamoring for this guy. He's going to be one of the biggest free agents, quote-unquote, signed here in the offseason. And there was a report in The Athletic, uh, Stacy, talking about Yamamoto and some sources close to him that had this. And this is the most important part of the article. Quote, similar to how Senga felt last season, last offseason, of course, Kodai Senga, who signed with the Mets. Yamamoto covets the opportunity to play in a large market league, sources say. Stacy, your reaction to that bit of news. This feels like the first real news on the Yamamoto front maybe we've had in a couple of months. Yeah, I like hearing that he wants to play in a large market. New York's the largest, so. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, does it get much bigger than that? No, <laughs> I like here. I I like when players aren't fearful of certain things, you know, like they come right out and like, no, I'm, I want to go to the biggest place. That's great. And it's surprising that a Japanese pitcher has a splitter. That's kind of shocking, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we talked about that. Ad nauseum in that episode. Again, go check that one out because it was it was a good breakdown that we ended mm -hmm. up doing of him and, and chatted about his repertoire and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that they likened it to Kodai Senga, of course, because that was like the thing that he was doing, right? He was like, right away was like, Yeah, I want to go play for a big team. And he mm -hmm. ends up signing with the Mets and having a really, really good year. Like he he starts off uh, started off real strong here. Stace. The, the big things about Yamamoto is his four-pitch mix being super, super controllable, right? He has control of all four of his pitches, which is massive. He doesn't give up a bunch of home runs, and he doesn't walk a ton of guys, which makes sense when you talk about his controllability. So given the context of the Yankees losing some guys, 
not getting what they wanted out of their starting rotation. Like, where do you fit Yamamoto in your brain when it comes to the 2024 Yankees rotation and beyond? Ooh. Um, wow. Okay. I would say probably three. <laughs> I think just because of the money of, I mean, obviously Cole's going to be number one, but I'm thinking of Rodon think he'd have to be the two even with how bad his 2023 was I think going into the 2024 season no matter what happens he's the number two so I feel like Yamamoto would be slotted right in there ahead of Nestor and ahead of anyone else in the rotation well it feels like regardless uh of injuries or anything like that like this is an upgrade right if you end up signing Yamamoto to the Yankees it is a clear upgrade figuring in what they had to deal with just I'm just going 2023 to 2024 because you're you're realistically replacing Luis Severino Domingo Herman right yeah. and like this is a clear upgrade he's a younger guy he throws more like he, he's in every sense of the word it's going to be a upgrade right and that's what's nice and when you're looking at this rotation for 24 without Yamamoto in it which of course is how you're slated to play it, play it right now and if there's nobody signed this offseason if there's no Snell there's no Montgomery there's none of that this is what I have as the rotation next season Cole leading of course Rodone like you said going to I have Clark Schmidt as the three mm. with Nestor as the four and Michael King as the five uh, that's, of course, with no injuries. That's with not factoring in potential, uh, you know, spot starts or piggybacking with Johnny Brito or Randy Vasquez. Uh, I have it in this order just because it's a clean righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. Right. Um, but when you factor in uh, Yamamoto and this again, without any other moves, no other like free agent minor league signings that end up jumping up and making really good impressions or anything like that. It really, really helps your rotation here. Because you're going Cole, Rodon, Yamamoto, Nestor, and then Schmidt and King are essentially battling out for the five, which also includes maybe dark horse candidates like a Clayton Beater, a Will Warren, hell, a, a Drew Thorpe, if you want to get crazy with it, a <laughs> Randy Vasquez, a Johnny Brito. Suddenly, when you add Yamamoto into this rotation mix, possibly, you're creating a lot of really good in in team position battles, which is what you obviously want. Look what happened last off uh, spring training, right? When you had Volpe battling with Peraza and even Cabrera and, and, you know, outside shots for Sweeney and, and IKF, like you're battling for the shortstop position that ultimately breeds competition in the team, which is going to, you know, provide some serious results with your team. Yeah. I mean, I would much prefer to have Yamamoto in there because it would make the rotation <laughs> decision easier. Um, well, maybe not, actually, because I feel like the five might be a question because of the Schmidt-King thing. You know, Schmidt may not strike out as many people as King, but King is really still working his way up to being a starter where Schmidt was basically solid all se pitched all season, you know, made it through the entirety of 2023. And I feel like if Yamamoto joins the team, I think the real battle is going to be between Schmidt and King, which should be interesting in spring training. Of course. Yeah. Those are obviously the two leading candidates that have the most proven track record in the bigs. Uh, but I mean, you, do, you don't rule out possibilities of going to a six man 
right? You sure. could totally do that. You know, the Nippon League is, much, is shorter than MLB season. Uh, like you said, Michael King is still working to get to that uh, workload level. Clark Schmidt obviously ran out of gas at the end of the season in September. He was throwing like three, four innings. So to kind of save on those innings throughout the season, if you go to a six man in this sense, then you could really, really get the most out of a Schmidt and a King, right? Where you have a good battle there. They're both righties. Uh, obviously, there would be times where you're going Schmidt, King, Cole, or King, Schmidt, Cole. So you're going righty, righty, righty. So you could always split up and push Nestor back there. Like you have a lot of options yeah. in a six man when you throw in a right another right hander. Obviously, you want to have as many lefties as you possibly can. The Yankees don't have a ton of that out of the bullpen either. So, yes, it's a right hander. But when you're bringing what Yamamoto would bring to this team, I mean, you you don't scoff at a fully healthy rotation of this caliber in the American league East. Like you, you are right there with a lot of the top teams. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and it's good to have uh, Rodon and Cortez as the lefties in there and that you can make it righty, lefty, righty, lefty. And then obviously if you don't split that up toward the end, there might be righty, righty when you go from five to one, but that really doesn't matter. But that yeah. whole, you know, you're doing a three game series, um, and it could line up where you have two left-handers facing a team that maybe doesn't do yeah. well against left-handers and that kind of a thing. But I just really want the Yankees to go after someone. And uh, I would like for it to be Yamamoto. And it's cool that we're doing this now because I said that earlier today in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We've been talking about this for a little bit now. And for him to come out and say that he wants to play for a big market team is, is That's big. obviously encouraging. <laughs> No, it and really you know, the is. Yankees want to make a push. Like all signs point to the Yankees wanting to make a push for him. Yeah. And yeah. look, I, I think that a Blake Snell push is not out of the question either. Obviously a left-handed pitcher with a proven track record and a Cy Young and like all this stuff. And it's probably going to win the Cy Young in 23. So like the Yankees have to get one of these, right? Like they can't, like they can't, oh, yeah. it, 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 they have to, they have to. Oh, it's like, it's imperative that they get one of the two because if they miss on both of them, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah, like like people are calling for Cashman's head already. Mm -hmm. And if they can't go out, and obviously they have more upgrades that need to be done, which we'll be talking about and have been talking about. But when it comes to pitching only, adding an arm like this to join this staff, and you're thinking Rodone can't be this as bad, right? There's no way that he can be as bad in 24 as he was in 23. That just doesn't make any sense in any world that that no. would be the case. So you're upgrading there, and you would be upgrading essentially here in this case too. Like that's just massive for the rotation. And yeah, again, e either one would be a huge upgrade. And uh, you're thinking of a full season of King. Like the, the possibilities are really, really endless when you add a guy like this. So Yeah, makes it fun to think about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We've talked about him before. Again, in the episode description, there's an episode linked there. You can go check out with a, a deeper breakdown of his stuff and how he plays and how we're thinking he might play in the major leagues. It's a whole, uh, it's a really good episode. Go check that out. Uh, it was from a little bit over a month ago. So go check that in the episode description. All right. Fan Mail Friday down below too. Episodes are uh, below the episode description, below the like button. Go reply to that pinned comment or submit your fan mail Friday questions. Uh, we have more news coming up next, so don't go anywhere.
October baseball is back and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get the W, predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this offseason, excuse me, postseason. I keep doing that with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, everydayers out there. Coming up later on this week, the Locked On Yankees World Series preview. Yes, we've been talking about the postseason all October, so we're going to keep doing that and give you our pre or our postseason World Series preview coming up here in a couple of days. So make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss that. And of course, if any Yankees breaking news, this is the first place to go. Stacy, speaking of some news, there's some cool news going on around. Uh, about a couple of Yankees players, both in the majors and in the minors. The coolest one of all of this stays, of course, the captain. Aaron Judge is getting his number retired at Fresno State. The number 29 will never be worn again for the dogs. Pretty darn cool, Stace. I, I saw this here a few days ago and now felt like a good time to finally chat about this. Yeah, that's that's a big honor to have your number retired no matter where it is. Um, I didn't realize he wore 29. Um, so I'm trying to think of why he wears 99 for the Yankees and why he picked 99 and who was wearing 29 and why he couldn't get it. So <laughs> I might have to do some digging there. Uh, but yeah, no, good for him. That's 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 awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And especially for a program like Fresno State, like for Yankees fans who don't really follow college baseball. And I know that there's not all this ton of like crossover when it comes to major league fans and, and uh, collegiate fans I, that's getting better. I should say like there mm -hmm. are more collegiate baseball fans, which is awesome. And I think ESPN does have a lot to do with that. So shout out ESPN on that. Uh, but Fresno state's not like this massive program. Like it's, it's obviously a, a good program, but it's not like this in, it's not Vanderbilt. It's not UCLA. It's not Mississippi. Like it's none of these programs, not Florida, like Fresno state, just getting Aaron judge puts them on a massive map. Like they've obviously had major leaguers to come through that program, but it is a smaller school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Fresno is not this, you know, glorious, amazing, incredible California city. It's, it's a blue collar central California city. Uh, so for judge to even go there, uh, especially now in hindsight feels insane. Like just like that, it's just like Aaron judge went to Fresno state. Like, why didn't he go to USC? You know, like, you're just like, that doesn't make any sense, but yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I'm super happy for him. He's like super honored. Uh, I left a link in the episode description to an article from the Fresno state website. You can go check out what he had to say about there. He had some quotes and stuff, um, but they're going to honor him at a football game on November the 18th and then officially retire the Jersey the next day on the 19th. So look out for that. I'm obviously, uh, looking for pictures and all that kind of stuff they're going to be be doing. So that's super cool. Um, other cool things, Stace. Oswaldo Cabrera is playing in the Venezuelan Winter League, the hmm. Tiburones de la Guarira uh, in the Venezuelan Winter League. And not only that, Stace, which has, by the way, just started here over the weekend, this past weekend, he's playing with his brother. I didn't realize that Oswaldo Cabrera has a brother who plays oh. baseball. <laughs> See? You find things out. It's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
So pretty cool for Oswaldo uh, that he gets a chance to play with his brother. He posted some pictures on his Instagram story. Uh, I think it was on Friday, uh, pictures with his brother on the field. He's taking BP and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that league runs through January, of course, and then there's a Caribbean series after that. You guys know when a league ball like that. Um, but I think this is super important for Oswaldo Cabrera, especially on a developmental side. He really needs to have a strong winter. Yes. Yeah, because he kind of regressed there a bit and then wasn't used as much as we thought he was going to be used by the Yankees because of that regression. So, yeah, this was this is it's good that he's doing this and it's um, good for him baseball wise to just keep playing through the winter winter and be ready for spring training and maybe work on some of the stuff that he was having trouble with in 2023. Yeah, particularly the launch angles, right? The launch angles were really a big problem for Oswaldo Cabrera this past season. Way too many ground balls, just yeah. way too many ground balls with a guy who has an uppercut swing that just breathes, breathes sending it out to right field, like especially as a lefty, obviously, um, you know, he's a switch hitter. But yeah, I, that's something I'm really hoping he's able to kind of correct. Uh, we talked about it during the season, like his hip flying open a little bit, things like that, just to kind of get the angle right on the ball again. So I hope he's able to kind of relax, play in some high intensity environments, uh, just like, you know, when he came up in 22 and immediately got thrown into the postseason, all that kind of stuff. So I hope he gets that high intensity again and is able to figure it out like that's I think it's going to be really, really huge because I feel like 2024 is going to be kind of, not, I wouldn't say make it or break it, but it's going to be kind of a prove it year for him. Yes, I was going to say the same thing that it feels like not quite a make it or break it but he just has to prove something and i feel like for a lot of players uh who were on the yankees in 2023 anything's better than 2023 rodone stanton cabrera might be in that vein not as much but it feels like yeah 2024 is his chance to prove to the yankees that he should still be on the team oh yeah he needs to like find that mojo again right because yeah. like we saw he lost it he lost. He, did. he wasn't. He wasn't the same guy. Yeah, like that guy that everybody knows and loves, right? So I really hope he's able to find that here in the winter league because he he needs that. It's 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 all him. Like that's that's his his personality breeds to be a leader and a fun and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you could see it at times this past season. Like it it was like dog days a lot for him. So do you think maybe if Oswald makes the team? And they're together more. Would that help him? Oh, that's a huge. Bit? I mean, they're best friends. Yeah. Like that's massive. Yeah. That, that's that's really really huge. So I, I I know that they'll be, you know, arm in arm. Always. I love that they're. I love that they're best friends. Oh, they're, I love that awesome. their names are Oswald and Oswaldo, and they're best friends. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and then some other news. Our last bit here on this quick hits today, Stacy. Uh, the Yankees All Prospect Team was named here by Minor League Baseball, and it's guys that everydayers who watched all year definitely know. Uh, Sub texters, locked on Yankees insiders, know this as well. We texted them a couple of days ago when it was announced. Uh, but the All Prospects Minor League Yankees team is catcher Ben Rice, first baseman Andres Shaparo, second baseman Caleb Durbin. Third baseman, Jesus Rodriguez. Shortstop, Jared Serna. The outfielders, Spencer Jones, Jason Dominguez, and Everson Pereira. And then they name three pitchers, one righty, one lefty, and one reliever. The righty, of course, Drew Thorpe. The lefty, Brock Selvage. And the relief pitcher, Jack Neely. All names I'm not surprised to be reading, but there's one omission here, Stace. I'm surprised that Spencer Jones got the nod over Florial. Yeah, I'm actually surprised about that, too. Yeah. 
Poor yeah, Flo. considering how slow Spencer Jones' season got off to the that the start. I mean, he finished good, not like tear the cover like Jason Dominguez did. Um, but yeah, I was I was kind of shocked at the snub for Flo. Is Jack Neely one of the really tall relievers, or am I thinking of someone else? Jack Neely, uh, I think he was with oh gosh, it's hard to keep track. H- Hudson. I think you started with Hudson, finished in Somerset. I'm not 100. Don't quote me on that. Okay, because uh, I have to look yeah, that up. Yan- yeah, the Yankees have a, a handful of really big dudes. Like, like big. Uh, when I say men. big people, I mean six eight, six nine. There were two guys on Hudson Valley who were six eight and two six nine. I think Jack Neely was one of them, but I have to look that up because the name yeah. seemed sound familiar, sounded familiar to me, and I was like, I think he's one of the tall guys. Yeah, I think we did a Miners Monday on Jack Neely, if I'm not mistaken. There were there were only like three or four times a season where we did a Miners Monday on a reliever, and I think Jack Neely was one of them. Um, he yeah. was, yeah, he had a great season. He had a great season. Um, hard to keep all the numbers in my head, but <laughs> I got like 90% of them here at this point. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I mean, Jared Cerna had a big year, obviously. Jesus Rodriguez, I feel like, kind of had an underrated season. Mm. Um, Rodriguez was with Tampa in 22, and then kind of like, I don't know, I felt like he was there for a little bit too long. Same with Jared Cerna. Like, I felt like he was in, in Tampa way too long. Um, obviously, Ben Rice's second half was incredible. Andres Chaparro's first half was incredible. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys on here, and the, and the future's looking pretty good. And, you know, for Drew Thorpe to get it over uh, some other guys in the system is is pretty awesome. Like, yeah. They, he had incredible year. Brock Salvage too. Like, yeah, I mean, any anybody on the pitching front could have been named it. Um, <laughs> so for Thorpe and Salvage to be the honors, I mean, Drew Thorpe was out of his kind of like how we had trouble coming up with. You know, we were joking about yesterday's show with the top five because there were so many dumb moments that we could have used. In, yeah, you know, like we could have done a top twenty. There were a lot of there was a lot of good pitching in the Yankee yes. system. Amazing good pitching. Um, of course, every day is already know that we've. Mm-hmm ad nauseum with that one um but let us know how you're feeling about judge oswaldo and his prospect team uh do you think Flo was snubbed over spencer jones of course jones now the number one prospect yada 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 but let us know how you're feeling about this stuff in the comment section here on youtube of course all these except for uh the aaron judge stuff was sent out to our locked on yankees insiders club you get text messages from stacy and myself immediately directly to your phone whenever we see news we send it out your way again we didn't send the judge thing but you found out about cabrera as soon as we knew and then you found out about the prospect team as soon as we knew so you can be in the insiders club as well there's a 14 day free trial in the episode description all right postseason full swing lcs's we got to talk about that when we come back Steve and I think buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and shows near you. Baseball in New York may be over, but the Devils, the Rangers, and the Islanders are playing. The Nets and the Knicks are on deck. And of course, Jets and Giants football fully underway. Game time takes out all the work of buying tickets. So all you do is tap a few times and you're in. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the moment before your event starts. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for other events too, like concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With their lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection, game time is the best place to buy tickets in just a matter of seconds. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that's code Locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
Back here on Locked On Yankees, Stacy LCS. Uh, one of them's over. We're going to talk about Rangers and Astros, of course, here in just a second. But I wanted to start with the uh, the Phils and D-backs. The D-backs, man. I mean, were you expecting this series to go seven? Like, let's let's be real here. Um, I think I said at the beginning when everything was starting six or seven. I'm not that surprised, but I'm surprised that they, you know, did what they did against Aaron Nola. <laughs> That was kind yeah, of yeah. I think yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Like they came out swinging, and like I don't know. I think this series has been a little surprising. If I'm going to be real, like I I knew the Diamondbacks were playing well, but we've been like singing the praises of the Phillies this whole postseason run. So for mm-hmm. them to not be able to finish it at home, like on the first try, like I know they obviously have another chance here, but yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm just, I'm just pretty shocked, just in, in general at how good the NLCS has been. Cause I, I thought it was going to be a little more one-sided. Yeah, no, I, I assumed at least six for some reason. I just felt like it was going to be a longer series. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like either one of the LCSs was going to be a short series and um, I'm pleasantly You're surprised. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that after the season, the Diamondbacks had that they're pushing it this far. And I mean, they can really shock a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Let's kind of preview. I mean, the the game seven tonight, like that. That's, I mean, for for both series to go seven is great. Obviously, for entertainment value. Uh, again, we're gonna talk about the ALCS in a second. But how are you liking Fott versus Suarez? Like, that's a great matchup for a game seven in Philly with the World Series on the line. Like that. That's what the postseason is made for. Is like this kind of matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone saw what Fott could do in. What, which game did he start again? And he did pretty well. Four or five. Yeah. Starting to blur. And people found out what he was all about because I never even heard that person. No offense, but I don't really pay attention that much to the Diamondbacks. And for him to do what he did on a big stage was pretty cool. So um, I'm just excited that it's that kind of a matchup. The bank's going to go crazy. And... Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I was a little more nervous with the ALCS just because of history, but I'm really looking forward to the NLCS game seven. Yeah, of course. Uh, we got an elephant in the room here. Like we, <laughs> the Astros got knocked out last night, dude. Like I, there are so many happy Yankees fans right now. I not it, just all Yankee fans. Yeah. Like everyone. <laughs> yes. Please. But like specifically Yankees, but yes, oh, yeah. there are a lot of happy baseball fans period. Oh, yeah, because, uh, you know, the Yankees, the Yankees, hello, the Astros have become the new evil uh, empire. Like, people do not like the Astros. They don't like their persecution uh, complex that the fans have. Like, oh, everyone hates us and everyone's against us. And if everyone was against you, your team would have been punished a little more for what they did in 2017. They weren't punished enough. So let's stop with that stuff. I'm just so happy. Um, I don't understand the whole not being able to win at home thing, though. <laughs> Like yeah, how, how did that whole series that whole series <laughs> the rangers haven't lost on the road period they haven't lost yeah. on the road in the postseason yeah that's i mean that's impressive i mean i can yeah. i guess i don't know the whole losing at home thing is just so weird to me but that happened to the astros in the 2019 series against the nationals it was the same thing and you know it there wasn't a ding off the foul pole uh to win this game this was just a drubbing really by yeah. the rangers and uh Pleasantly surprised that Scherzer didn't implode and, uh, you know, Adolis Garcia. Dude, <laughs> what do you even say? 
Like it's it's wild. It's wild the series he's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wild the postseason he's had. Yeah, he, this dude's legit. Like I, I, he he is. I'm gonna say this. He is Texas's version of uh, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah, like he cool. is Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez to the Astros is is uh, Adolis Garcia to the to the Rangers. Like it just he, he was steps a up quiet in massive moments. Last night, though, Alvarez wasn't he? he didn't well, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. in general. Like, yeah. no, I'm just saying it's weird. You expect him to be kind of in the middle of everything. You know, Altuve had that late home run, so he adds to his postseason home run total, but didn't really amount to anything. Yeah. And um, Aroldis Chapman throwing 104. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? I joked when he came in. I said, "Is this a big enough lead for yeah, Earl Chapman?" And it was. And look, Lecl- I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I kind of understand. Okay, I understand it was Game Seven, but she kind of wanted to get people in. But Leclerc, I know he's going to have some yeah, rest how do before you, the World Series. But why? <laughs> how do you use him? Oh my gosh! Moving forward, I mean, we're, we'll talk about that in a World Series preview. But yeah. like, that's a massive, massive hole that. Either way, whoever they face, I think it'll be an easier matchup with the Diamondbacks. Obviously, I've been doubting the Diamondbacks ever since joining the, getting into the NLCS. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're as hot. Of course, Texas kind of cooled off there. It's a miracle they pulled it off here. But I don't know, because because using Jose Leclerc as a legitimate closer, it's not like they have a ton of other options, which is why he's there. But yeah. man, like, it seems like the second he steps into the game right now, you have to have another guy up. Like, you, you just... I. How do you manage around that in the World Series? That's so difficult. Yeah, because I don't know. I felt like with the bigger lead, he didn't even need to be in there. I feel like yeah, I don't know why he pitched. Yeah, period. Yeah. He shouldn't have pitched Game Seven. But and I know sometimes with big leads, Friday. Yeah, I know sometimes with big leads, guys don't pitch the same because it's not the same intensity as if it's like you come into a three-two game and you're trying to hold a one-run lead. But um, he just needs to rest rest yeah. the next few days and uh, get right because uh they need him to do better in the world series but good for the rangers making it to the world series and sticking it to houston after the, the season that they had where houston won the division at the last second after the rangers pretty much had it all year and uh excited for bryce our buddy at locked on rangers who actually got a last minute ticket last night and was at game seven so he was very, very excited and uh yeah, I'll actually enjoy the World Series <laughs> this year. For sure. uh, let us know how you're feeling about the Astros being knocked out. I'm sure you guys are super happy. Of course, like I said, we're going to have our World Series preview here on the show. So make sure you hit subscribe and you won't miss it. Fun one. We're getting down to the wire. One more game in the LCS and the Kiss World Series starts on Friday. Uh, that's going to do it for today's Locked on Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.